Welcome to Automating the Chain, the weekly podcast and webinar specifically engineered to support and educate executives as they explore the potential of industrial automation. Each week, we sit down with an executive leader or their technical counterpart of an international organization to discuss how they plan to leverage industrial automation to advance their business. We will also have startups focused on automating the supply chain explain their technology in an accessible way. Experts in the field will colour in historical and current case studies. Without further ado, let's get into the show. Hello, how are you, Shane? Good, doing well, and you? Good, thanks. Are you in Las Vegas? Are you in LA right now? Where are you in the world? Uh, I'm in... uh... You know, I'm in uh, sunny LA, and fortunately, you know, even though there's a bit of a shutdown over here, the the weather is great, and so no no complaints. God, it's uh, you guys are so blessed with the weather. Well, I'm so grateful for your time, and I just want to introduce you as the the founder and the chief executive officer of Romark Holdings. And you can introduce the company in a little bit more detail. But okay. not only have you decided to start this company, but you're really a, an investor in retail uh, and technology companies. And I, I guess uh, I'd love to ask, how did you go from investing in um, a lot of businesses and then decide, I'm going to actually focus on building Remark? Yeah, you know, I, I ended up getting, you know, Remark, actually, I started off as an investor in a bunch of the different businesses that Remark was involved in. And then as we kind of put all the different pieces of the puzzle together, we, you know, had the idea on creating, you know, basically a data scraping technology. This was in the, you know, 2013, 2014. And it worked really well, you know, and we didn't know what we were going to do with it yet, but it was just as a way of testing to see what was out there. And then we call that the data intelligence uh, platform. And then as, you know, as AI, you know, as we began to read a lot of the white papers that were being written about AI and how, you know, data is needed to, you know, we all say data is new oil, but, you know, how you need the data to be able to train the algorithms, you know, the cost to create these algorithms and to kind of power overall AI computing, you know, had come down to be achievable for a company like of our size. And we, we certainly are not one of the big boys or anything like that. So we took it and kind of ran with it. And, you know, five years later, we've, you know, won a number of, I think, pretty famous, prominent computer vision awards. And then, you know, we've been able to do it the last couple of years, year after year. And then most importantly, we've been able to take that technology and commercialize it. And so certainly when, you know, when you're public, people care not about the long-term visions per se, you know, where you're hiring. And so we've been fortunate that we've been able to test with a number of large companies that, that believed in AI, created the budget for AI, and now are incorporating our AI platform into their business. So you know, this was over the last six or seven years and, you know, you kind of see the wave coming and there are only a handful, I think, of groups out there that really do do AI from the ground up and build everything themselves. I think we're one of them. And, you know, you just really see uh, a great opportunity for the next 20, 30 years just focusing on this. So 
just to step back for one moment, for those who are listening and cannot see or I'm going to visualize what I essentially saw in your technology. Your technology is able to understand when something is moved from a shelf and is being misplaced or has been removed. And is that correct? Is that what your technology does? I would say that's one of the technologies that we do. What we offer businesses is a platform versus a point solution. And I don't think customers want to handle, say, for example, 20 different vendors that have you know, 20 different solutions. So we've been fortunate in the last number of years for a number of industries like retail, or construction, or agriculture is that we provide them a complete platform on, on how you can use AI. So as it relates to what you're saying, yes, you know, I think being able to capture kind of missing inventory, you know, which most retailers would consider that to be their highest opportunity cost is, 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 is a great concern and something that there haven't been too many solutions in the, in the market to address. And I think ours does that. And the important part is that we're live, we've been tested, we've been doing it for a couple of years now. But it also relates to other parts, right? It's like, how do you understand each shopper's behavior when they're coming in and what they're, you know, what, where are they spending their time, but not just to where they're spending their time, but where are they specifically looking on the shelf mm-hmm. to get much more granular in providing that, that data to not just the store, but also to the uh, CPG companies. Right. So, so that's something that we're excited to introduce to the, you know, to the industry and all the way to, you know, handling the security issues where, you know, we now certainly are moving into the, you know, the post COVID area where everyone's trying to still grow their revenue, but and, and really need to decrease their costs. And, and certainly I think AI is the only way to do that. Right. So retail is a great industry to do, you know, to apply all this. So during COVID, I mean, security is a really interesting cost center for mm-hmm. and you know items being stolen, especially, you know, that's something a security guard might do, but actually it's much more efficient for your tool or your platform to help with. But uh, has that been a massive sector of growth during COVID and will it grow more? Uh, because as more people yeah. are financially less stable, is that what you you're predicting? Uh, you know, you know that that hasn't been as much of an issue about people stealing, but but certainly what has been what has been is more of a, an issue if uh, a, a product is sold out and no one replaces it, right? right? And, and so right, and, and certainly you do have the stealing part to it, unfortunately. But you know, as, as far as for our customers, it hasn't it hasn't really raised the flag per se. But but our algorithms are able to detect suspicious behavior. Right. The other part for security is just, you know, there are so many new operating protocols to be open, whether that's the people counting as it relates to capacity, as it relates to a PPE detection. And there are very significant fines being imposed, imposed on retailers if people are caught with that. Mm-hmm. So our AI is able to spot that, you know, and also record it just to make sure that there's no, you know, no controversy and who's doing what or not doing what. And so we, so we provide that. And a lot of our retailers are like, well, what's the cost of not 
doing, you know, using our algorithms, a, a, an expensive fine or a lawsuit where things aren't properly documented, you know, creates an issue. Right. And so, again, just to go back to who's actually using you, you we've really gone into retail, but as you mentioned, there are various other sectors that might be able to use your essentially yep. end-to-end yep. solution. So, so I would I would say certainly our uh, biggest uh, customer is China Mobile. So, you know, China Mobile, I think, is, you know, the largest kind of telecom mobile company in the world where we won the contract to transform their 18,000 stores into smart stores. So we've been going under that kind of uh, transformation. And, and it, t- it took us almost two years of testing and, you know, to earn the trust that one, our technology works. And then number two, we can actually, you know, scale it in, in, our, in our deployment. Since we've won that, we've now expanded into other verticals that have, you know, big retail presences, you know, say, for example, with the Bank of China, you know, with their retail branches to, to the China Construction Bank. Mm-hmm. Uh, so any, any, any I, I think, situation where there's a large kind of, you know, I guess, touching of customers, right? You know, touch points with customers. Uh, our AI is able to come in, understand what the customer, who the customer is, what they want, what their preferences are. And you're usually able to lower the, I guess, the human cost, you know, and cut it down by 30 to 40% at the minimum. So we're now in a bunch of these different industries on retail as it relates to like, I'll say even to inventory control management, right? Like for, we work with a very large coffee chain where they need help counting the coffee cups and caps to the capsules, right? So our computer vision is able to help them as they, you know, with a lot of these coffee chains there, they, they manage the, the milk that they purchase, they, you know, they manage that very closely in terms of the expiration date on when they purchase. So be able to help control that process better. You know, they, they take a lot of time and, and human effort, and there's a lot of human error associated with that. So AI kind of helps along with that, that project. So retail, construction, and agriculture, we have kind of specific platforms to address each. Got it. And during COVID, which which uh, segment or customer base seem to have been pulling you even more or where did you get most calls from? Yeah. Uh, definitely, that, definitely the travel industry, uh, the travel oh, industry, okay. you know, I'd uh, say the uh, hospitality sector, because they need to show how do we, how do we show that our customers that come, how do we make them feel safe? Right. So there's a couple points. One, you need to make sure that your uh, employees are, are safe, you know, tested, safe, gone through all the right procedures. And then, and, and then obviously the other guests that are there, you know, how are they feeling comfortable, you know, standing next to each other or near each other. So definitely the travel um, part, because, you know, there, there's, a, there, there, that, that trust factor has to be kind of brought back. So we, our, our business was, I think, certainly in Asia, you know, specifically in China, where the adoption for AI is, you know, is has been everyone knows it's you know it's around everywhere. What COVID did for us was kind of was the big spark in other parts of the world where they first used our thermal temperature detection devices, and as they realized that oh, there's so much more to just checking a person's temperature quickly. You know, how do you tie that 
in with the employee authorization to whether they've gone through proper testing. There's so many different factors to that. And our AI is able to tie all that stuff together. It's, it's incredible. You've, you've identified all the needs in China, the most sophisticated AI economy in the world. <laughs> and now you're essentially, and you've tried and tested, you've actually helped some of the largest companies. Now you're bringing it to the West, which I mean, the US are trying to constantly keep up with Chinese companies. For a potential customer, American, let's say a large, it could be a retail chain, they're probably listening to this and thinking, how do I know that Remark is the company I should be working with? Besides all the incredible use cases you have, how do I? Yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's a great point because outside of China, people, I think businesses love the idea of AI, but have been hesitant to take the next step. For us, I think the most important and, and really the only way to see just how good you really are is just, uh, go through a, a proper proof of concept. I mean, everything, you know, everyone can make kind of, you know, neat looking videos. Everyone can kind of make the same claims, but everyone can test well in a lab environment and in a perfect condition. But when you are do it in a real life situation and when you're really testing it with a lot of people, you know, that's really you know, I guess separates, you know, who's good or not. You know, I think our platform, because we, you know, we're early in, in developing this, you know, everything we kind of offered to the customers is something that we own and build from the ground up. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the competitors out there, because of the kind of the rush to the market, they have, you know, bought a bunch of kind of off the shelf products and kind of grouped it together and called it their AI platform. But, you know, that's, that's, it's very hard to, customize and and you're when you don't control what you built right or what you're marketing so i think that's one i I would just say for example with our retail business why it took so long to i guess go from technology to commercial commercialization is that they did test us very extensively so when they wanted to have an idea who was walking through the store they would have you know, four or 5,000 people coming through all the different doors where they're not looking at the camera, where they had different weather conditions that might affect the camera imaging from fog to rain to sun. They might be wearing a hat, you know, masks, uh, sunglasses. And we needed to be able to make sure that all of this, you know, all of our technology worked with all the different people coming in under imperfect conditions. And then you got to test it. And then in even more real situation. And then, then we are where we are. So I think certainly when we expanded into the US, a lot of our customers had the comfort that what we, they weren't the kind of lab rat, right? They weren't the guinea pig. There's something that we have been working on for several years and it was proven. And for, what is the makeup of your team? The majority of your team based in North America, are they based in China, yeah. Romania. So, so, I mean, yeah, no, no. So, so our actually our our R and D our R and D team is based in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. And our 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 corporate team is based based in the US, mm-hmm. and kind of our sales and support tech team is based in China. Got it. And are you are you going to grow your sales team in in the US? Yeah, for sure. That's that's our <laughs> it big, like... uh, yeah, our big plan for you know for twenty one and twenty two. You know, we got I think in twenty we were able to secure the you know customers in a number of different verticals and have kind of 
now you know begin to build our brand uh, name in the U.S. as as you know as an AI technology that actually works. And so we've had a lot of just inbound requests. And you know while it's hot, we would certainly want to go you know as fast as possible. So we really see the U.S. We definitely even see Europe as as a great opportunity. Europe in general, I always thought that would be slower to adopt on the AI side. But, you know, I'd say in the last six months, we've received tremendous demand from Europe. The in, in, in even parts down in the Middle East and in South America, where they haven't been exposed to so much kind of different AI platforms or technologies, uh, we see as an opportunity there. So, so definitely our uh, expansion plans for 21 beyond are outside of Asia. Hopefully you'll be traveling. Well, hopefully we'll all be traveling soon to make that happen as well. But going back to some of, a lot of folks who come on here are also somewhat technical or those who are listening, trying to learn about the commercial side of uh, some of the cutting edge companies out there. Mm. But um, for the technical folks, can you talk a little bit about whether your, 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 your data is training or your algorithms is training itself or is it self-learning? What are, where are you at uh, in the technology? Uh, yeah, so, so I would say, I'd, I'd say we're a combination of both. Uh, certainly the next wave of uh, AI is uh, kind of self-learning uh, and self-training. To, for us to get to this point, we, we certainly did a lot of that training ourselves Unfortunately, it's just not scalable, you know, and so we knew several years ago that in a way that party was going to end and, and we needed to be able to teach the algorithms to uh, train themselves. So that's something that we have been working on, certainly working on now. And, uh, you know, over the next, I think, year or two, it will be a much bigger part of what we offer. Exciting. And just to sort of round this up, and this is something that uh, I would I continue to do is ask, what are you excited about in the next, I would say it could be the next 10 years where the, where the supply chain is becoming increasingly automated, every component of it from the, the retailers to e-commerce, you know, we're buying so much, but it's all being integrated. What is most exciting to you and your company with the, tr- the changing trends right now? Yeah, you know, I, I just right now, I think it's like, it's so open right now. So it's, you know, I kind of, I kind of feel where, you know, if you look at the, you know, the big trends over the years, right, whether it's, you know, PC to mobile to or PC to internet to the mobile to the cloud, you know, a lot of those, you know, are, you know, that the, the huge kind of growth curve is, is not as much there anymore, even though it's, you know, it's such a big pie and still continues to grow. I think for AI, we're so in the first inning right now that, you know, I, I think just just the excitement of companies now actually putting the budget together, having the commitment to incorporate AI into their businesses is exciting to me because, you know, we've been talking about this for five years and, you know, it's always the same result, which was, we just don't have the budget yet. We're going to push it off the next year. There's always something that, you know, takes uh, kind of precedence. Pandemic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like this thing. <laughs> but, you know, you know, and, and the, yeah. And then, but then money came and surprisingly, you know, or, and, uh, and certainly unfortunately that it took something like this pandemic to kind of give the spark to a lot of it. 
So, but, you know, we want to see, you know, we, we certainly think that our platforms are able to help a lot of businesses and then help the people associated with that as well. My, my God, I, the one book I would uh, recommend anyone is The Technology Trap, which is basically those who don't want change and state, represent status quo and those who do. And those who want to change said it, always use the argument of lamplighters. You know, lamplighters used to go around putting one lamplight before electricity came about. And then after electricity came about, suddenly you can turn on 15,000 lamplighters in one switch. Lamplighters used to cause so much damage. It was so dangerous, so repetitive. I mean, we're, we're all sitting there thinking, that was a thing? And hopefully with the automation and what you're doing, we'll look at some of the problems and inefficiencies you're solving for. And we think, my God, you know, we're, we're creating much more value in what we're doing now than, you know, turning on something over and over again. So I, I just want to thank you for your time. And I hope that you get a bit of sunshine and make the most of your day. Yeah. But I'm really grateful, Sheng, for you coming on Automating the Chain. This has been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and let us know what you liked. To follow along with future episodes, be sure to subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice or head over to automatingthechain.com for the latest updates. Until next time. 